heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Well hello and welcome to Freaky Friday where we tell your odd but true tales Today is Friday, June 23rd. Christy, how are you feeling? You know, I'm a little under the weather, but I'm hanging in there. So I, uh, I'm i doing all right, you know? How are you're you doing? Rallying. I'm, I, I'm not great because when you're sick, then we can't hang out. And we <laughs> hang out all the time. And so I've been that is true. my <laughs> We haven't hung out in several days. And I am going into withdrawals also. Um, Simon just likes to scream nonstop these days, so <laughs> it's uh, pure hell over here right now. Just nothing can just be, even if he's like fine with something. It's like, hey, buddy, you want some goldfish? Okay. And you're like, like, God, fuck. All right, dude. <laughs> he's having to wear overalls constantly because if he doesn't, he just rips off his diaper and pisses everywhere. So he looks like a little prospector. <laughs> Just an like, angry prospector. There's gold in them hills. That's what he's screaming. He's screaming to tell you guys that there's gold in the hills and you're well, not listening. I would love for him to go find it. Please bring <laughs> Please it back bring us, to us. Bring gold back to these hills. Well, I'm screaming because we're about to leave town in a month. It's like exactly a month from now. Yeah. We'll be on our next leg of the tour. Today, we've got some listener tales that are, they fucking me up. I've been thinking about these. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about these, man. There's a lot going on in the news right now, and uh, let's this take just, a moment can to talk we, about the okay. news. I mean, we have to because we have to. It's all over the place. Well, you've been and you've been sick, so we didn't get to talk to talk about it on this week's episode. That's true. Yes, yes. Um, we did re-release a mini so that was is also Dallas based this week because I was just unable to record. So thank you everyone for being understanding. And if you hadn't heard that. Now you know that our city was founded by cephalopods, which, um, you know, there's a lot of stories in the ocean right now, some of which are overshadowing the real important stories that are happening in the ocean. You know, just uh, a boat of 500, 700 refugees sank, and most of the bodies still haven't been recovered. But let's all focus all of our energy and time and resources and money on finding five billionaires that decided that they wanted to go in some DIY submersible down to see the Titanic and are now lost. Nobody can find them. So that has completely overshadowed the absolute tragedy that happened off, um, off the coast of Greece on the way to Italy. Yeah. And that's why it's interesting just to see who's swarming for whom and how, you know, we're swarming resources and get, you know, gathering assets and everything. And it's for five people versus 500 people. Granted, I see. Yes. Distance wise, the Newfoundland is closer than than that. But it is hard to see so much aid being put into something that wasn't a scientific endeavor. It wasn't, a, you know, it was a it was a funsy. It was for funsies. It was the funsy. And it was a funsy that comes with a lot of very well-known risk. Extreme. To the point where um, we were talking yesterday, and like I, I compared it to Everest. When you decide to mount or summit Everest, it's understood 
that like if shit goes wrong up there and other people can't help you, I'm sorry. You know, like that's mm-hmm. just the the code of the mountain. Like you there are bodies all over Everest because people die up there. It's extremely dangerous and it's extremely dangerous to try and rescue them and oftentimes impossible. My whole question is, why are we, um, and I guess maybe you can't stop it. However, if people decide to go do something extremely treacherous, 12,500 feet under the ocean to look at a shipwreck that is just collapsing at all times. Like, yeah. it's just, it's not like it just shipwrecked and now it's just done. It's mm-hmm. constantly, like, falling. And we you, we saw that interview of another person that went down and they got stuck behind the propeller in their little uh, craft. And he was like, I was convinced I was going to die. I, I heard a voice in my head say, this is how it ends for you. And luckily, their pilot was finally able to, like, maneuver them out from behind the propeller. But he said during that, when they were bonking in the propeller pieces of the titanic were just falling on top of them yeah it's so down there a minute it's it it's doesn't seem like it's a safe thing for us to go explore and also what are you learning it's yeah. eerie and haunting yes but it's also the watery grave of over a thousand people so maybe we show some respect and we don't if we don't need to go down there and do anything then we don't need to go down there and do anything and if it's your choice and you do want to do that one, I think you had a really good point where the vessels that go down there have to be like cleared by some sort of agency before anybody can just launch a fucking sub into the ocean. Yeah, or say like, hey, you know, this is the new regulation. You have to apply for this permit. And once you get apply for the permit, you get the U.S. Coast Guard comes out and checks you out and says, yes, this is a safe voyage. Then you go on it. If things go bad, we'll come out and rescue you. Otherwise, caveat tour. i mean it's it's hard to say you're that on your and say, own, you what know? if it I was mean, your family member and you say indeed if it was my family member i'd say i love you do not do this this is so dangerous no. do not do this because it's like the man you said that got trapped behind the propeller he said we were just de- decelerating to take and he was a journalist they were down there to do underwater videography and you know at this point i think like you said we've seen enough of the titanic we've mapped it it's a grave site leave him alone and this is coming from a major titanic enthusiast I had a cat named Rose. <laughs> I want to say, in no way, shape, or form do I wish ill the people no. that are lost on this. Of course, I hope they're found and they are found alive. Do I think that's going to happen? Sadly, no, I don't. But that being said, like it's very hard when there's 700 people that are trying to flee a country because of... Uh, discrimination, poverty, whatever. And they are lost at sea and such little attention is given to it because this story has just, and it is, it's captivating. I'm not going to lie. I'm checking all the time to see if it's been found or not. It's a very captivating story. I, myself included, I think we need to train ourselves on what really should be captivating us. Well, and exactly. And like you said, spending an incredible amount of resources to finding lost people, there's a huge swath of missing and murdered indigenous women yeah. and girls that you could direct resource. You know where you go, well, this is an unsolved mystery. And it's so, so I think that it is a time for us to, as you always do, what can you do? I guess try to reach out to people in charge 
and say, you know, it's my vote to spend our tax dollars this way or that or come up with some sort of a scheme that we can met out this massive spending of resources on something that was a frivolous, in my opinion, frivolous undertaking. And And it's a loss of life for no reason. Yeah, I think it's really hard for a lot of people, judging by everyone's comments online, to see how many resources are being spent that are ostensibly funded by our tax dollars mm-hmm. when the people that are being searched for are in the one percent they're fucking billionaires they're in the zero 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 one you know? percent yes like they yeah. are incredibly rich so yeah. when we're spending so much of our time and energy and resources to find people that um like you said this was for funsies and there were several people that didn't go on the ship that were going to go on this one because they said, no, I don't think this looks safe. Well, yeah, and they made their, their choices. It's operated had, with an Xbox controller. Yeah, that makes it makes you curious. Sitting crisscross applesauce for that long with no shoes on with strangers. No. With only, and like no snacks in the in the bathroom. I mean, I, it's a, not an it's undertaking. Horrible I done, it's a certainly. horrible, terrifying situation. I can't imagine how scary the whole thing was for them or is for them, depending on their state. But yeah, horrifying. I would never wish it upon anybody. It's also was preventable because we well, don't yeah. need to go do it. Well, I say my prayer as I was sitting on my back porch, Willie Nelson hangout, which is if I can't come hang out on your back porch, I hang out on my own back porch and listen <laughs> to Willie Nelson and watch the news or, you know, whatever, look at Twitter. But as I was out there, I was like, I want to take a minute and think about these people and say, I hope that they're found. I hope that they're rescued. And I hope every single one of them has a Frank Cross end of Scrooge change of heart. That's like it ain't down there and it ain't up here. Like, what's the most valuable? And it ain't money. The most valuable thing is all I thought about was my wife. All I thought about was my kid, my best friend. All I thought about was the blue sky and the fresh air. And, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I want to give all this money back to the government for all the resources I wasted. And I want to start a charity, a foundation. You know, I hope that it is a transformative, life-changing event and they all come out of it. But that's because I am a hopeless optimist. Well, um, let's all hope for that. Yeah, let's all put our put our hope behind that. I will say it's real tacky that a lot of the news websites have a oxygen countdown. Which, oh my god! Oh yeah, a lot of them. Like no. a countdown, like on the no. knot to your wedding. It's like Ugh. twelve hours, thirty three minutes, fifty eight seconds left until they run out of oxygen. Yeah, that and was made the, up numbers, but you know, but yeah, you get I the hear point. what you, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's sensationalizing it, making it sick like that. Yeah, they're billionaires, and people go, "Oh, it's hard for me to feel bad for billionaires." Um, well, I, everybody's you know a soul at the beginning of the day, and I think maybe yet there's hope for them. Maybe this will be an extreme wake up call, and they'll come back, and everything will be rosy. But well, that's just me. Yeah, it's just me, little Pollyanna Heather. <laughs> I think the reality is they've died. <laughs> but most thought. scientists, most real well, you know. scientists are like, oh, it was instantaneous. Oh, a single crack in that and you're done. So yeah. I do feel bad. As I said, if they cannot come back and, and repent and the life is so much better, at least let it be painless and not, you know, hours of waiting and suffering and wondering. Yeah, one one so scientist did say um, it would have been very fast. Yeah. So it would, at least they wouldn't have. I mean, there might have been mental suffering because certainly I, uh, you know, I imagine if you things start beeping or noises start happening that aren't supposed to, or you lose power and you're just 
floating down into nothingness. Uh, that's pretty scary. One of the worst ways I can imagine to go, quite honestly. With when you can't see around you, the not no. deprivation, the light deprivation, and the one single elevator style button on there. You know, if you click that and it doesn't work, I mean, that's yeah. just panic. Yeah. So the guy that if he was on Sky News, it was a journalist that had gone down to the Titanic. The one that got stuck behind the propeller just said, you know, I, I made peace with it. And at the end of it, he's just like, I'm so glad I got out of it. And I just, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And he said, I don't even like to think about that feeling uh-huh. going back there. Yeah, he got and real so, choked up. And that Im- that immense, you know, having been in that situation, he's got that immense empathy for them. And I think we can all say, you have a lot of money, but at the end of the day, we all fear death. And we all, you know, we fear that last minute of a- acceptance of it. So I hope it was painless if it if it has to happen at all. And I hope that um, all of the refugees that are still uh, missing are found yeah. and that more are found alive. But I think yeah. at this point it's a recovery mission for most. But yeah. those families and um, people at sea need closure too, just as Absolutely. much as these people do. As a, this is a time traveling thing for you all to listen to because we're recording this uh, late in the evening on Wednesday, June twenty oh, first. So by the time you hear this on Friday, June twenty third, you'll know you'll know the answer. So yep, we'll see. We all hopefully will. Um, they're found, and like you said, everything uh, changes. Lo- but we'll see. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, speaking of life-changing events, oh yeah, this first Freaky Friday story answers some questions that we had in a recent episode where we talked about DMT and the death particle, as they call it. You have it in your brain during when you're born and when you die, or when you do this drug. Well, this is from Courtney, and it is called DMT and Connection to More. Hello, friends. Absolutely obsessed with your podcast. First time writer, long time listener. I have never had anything to write about, but today during my run, you mentioned DMT, and I knew it was my time to shine. I have a good amount of experience with psychedelics. I dropped acid for the first time at 15. I've eaten a ton of mushrooms and have also done DMT. I agree with Christy. It is scary. If you take big enough hits and, quote, blast off, You can have open eye visuals and be completely transported. Open eye visuals are when you see things, even when your eyes are open. The physical world as we know it disappears. A DMT trip could last for 15 minutes by a clock, but feel like years. People often report being visited by elves or other beings. I prefer to do my trips in the comfort of my own home, in my comfy clothes where I can feel safe. My most recent DMT session included a trip through ancient pyramids, It wasn't enlightening, but it was awesome. My most transcendent, transformational, psychedelic experience came from other drugs, and that is what I really wanted to share. A couple of years ago, I was at a music festival, sitting around the campfire with friends. I was on mushrooms and had had a couple glasses of wine. I did a pretty good-sized bump of ketamine, and just as I felt that kick in, I did a whip it. That was the perfect combo to set me off on an adventure. For the next 25 minutes, I visited myself at key points in my life. These moments were all pivotal times when I was scared and unsure. It was a collection of core memories that made an impact on my personality. I told these younger versions of myself that I'd be okay. I was able to share with me, as if I were a separate person, 
life lessons, and comfort. As the journey was ending, I was lucid enough to recognize the experience and quickly reflect. I understood that all these versions of myself, including future versions, were connected. I took a deep breath, let it out, and sent a message to the universe, letting myself know I'd always be okay. I opened my eyes to realize I was crying, but at complete and total peace. I know it sounds crazy, but it healed something inside me, and I've never been the same. I hope there is no judgment here. I know there are a ton of drugs mentioned here. I promise I'm an upstanding member of society. I'm a PhD student, a wife, a mother, and a dean at a university. With moderation and care, you can responsibly use drugs. It is important to test things before ingesting them and only use with people you trust. It isn't for everyone, but it isn't all an after-school special either. Thanks for being badasses. Love, love, love you. We love, love, love you, Courtney. We did a call to action. If you've done DMT, let us know. And Courtney, Dr. Courtney came through. Dr. Courtney, and I would like to say absolutely no judgment here from me. Zero. Uh, Apart from the DMT and the ketamine, we had a pretty similar similar life. I think (laughs) I also did acid for the first time at 15. Um, So, you know, uh, and whippets, man. Haven't thought about those in a minute, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I've never done a whippet, but I've heard of them from Steve-O, of all people. Oh, I'm sure Steve-O's done one or two whippets in his days. <laughs> he's made, he's dabbled in whippets, for sure. No, no judgment here at all. Like you said, uh, you could be a completely upstanding member of society. And we watched that fantastic fungi and mm-hmm. any of the, the frontline specials on PBS about the medicinal and the therapeutic uses for these both and ketamine there's ketamines there's been a big boost in the mental health community of microdosing or using it for treatment of depression anxiety all that mm-hmm. but and i like this you got to test it be responsible be with people you trust um i uh, this whole future or not multi versions of yourself and that you're all connected this sounds beautiful i that's what i'm looking for yeah but I don't want to go to a music festival and and do ketamine and whippets and mushrooms and and stuff. I just want it to happen. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. You want to be able to like make. I want to send an invite, a calendar invite for all of the versions of myself, and make sure that they're going to show up to this trip because I don't want to just go on a trip, right. And all of my past and future versions aren't there. It's just me and some elves or something, which would be like rad. But I want this experience specifically. The elves apparently are something that many people claim to see, and it's kind of like that blue woman too. It's like yes. when you blast off or break through, as people call it. You um, enter a, a different world where it's not just like doing mushrooms where you know you're on drugs and like, oh, this wall looks wavy or these flowers look like they're growing. But, you know, I mean, like when you break through, mm-hmm. it, you're it's you're in, you know, the Wizard of Oz. It's a totally different world and elves seem to be a big part of it. So elves aliens who knows could be maybe one and the same everything's intersecting but yeah Yeah. shane moss is his dmt trips is like the one i know about because it's so accessible on tiktok and just it sounds like this whole other world that you step into that maybe if you go off enough you become recognized there and it's and other people that don't even know that you've seen it also see the same thing 
And then the thing asked them about you without you even prompting them. And that's how you're like, that's another place that we've been to. It would be <laughs> mm-hmm. like if I dreamt and I was like, oh, I dreamt I was with this man who looked, you know, like uh, from the blue man group and was like, I love you, Heather. And then I woke up and I didn't tell you I fell asleep. And then you fell asleep and said, I dreamt of a blue man that said, where's Heather? I yeah. want to see Heather. Like, essentially, that's what happened to Shane Moss and his friend. And that's why so many people, I think, and with the elves and being similar visual uh, I I guess trips. I don't know what you would call it, but the imagery in your head. It's yeah. I feel like it leads you to be connected to something, especially birth and the death. That tells me something that there's yep. there's a flood of that in your brain. Very interesting. Well, thank you, Doctor Courtney. It is yes. Thank you so much. Well, this next one is from Elena, and it is called "Someone Was in This House Too." Hi, friends. I sent in my story a couple weeks ago about the creepy elevator man and my helpful ghost friend. Thanks for sharing those and making me laugh about my shitty ex again. On a recent Freaky Friday, someone shared a story about them dog sitting and finding out a stranger was in the house with them. This reminded me of a similar experience I had. I also pet sit through Rover, and last fall I had a dog that I walked every morning along with my own dog. This particular client lived in the foothills outside of town. There were neighbors, but it was still fairly quiet. She also never locked her doors. One time she forgot to tell me that she was going out of town for the week, and when I showed up to walk her dog, the doors were still unlocked. I didn't love that, but hey, her house, her decision. One morning, I was bringing her dog back home after a particularly muddy hike. I cleaned him up, filled his water bowl, and made sure he was all set for the day. My dog was hanging out in my car, parked in front of the garage. When I went back to my car, I realized that the garage door was open. I thought it was strange, but I figured she had left it open and I just hadn't noticed. I texted her about it, but she always had her phone off during work, so I didn't expect an answer. I started driving away, but it was really bugging me, so I decided to pull over and check my car's dash cam footage. It only records when my car is running, so I could see the garage from the time I pulled up to the time I turned it off. The footage showed that the garage was closed when I parked. At that point, I also distinctly remembered the client telling me that her garage door was a pain to open because it was manual, not motorized, meaning someone had to have physically opened it while I was inside the house. I started to panic because I had just left her dog alone in there, and he's not exactly a guard dog. I didn't want to go back alone, but I also wasn't sure about calling the police because I still thought I was making a big deal out of nothing. I know, trust your gut, but I'm a recovering self-gaslighter, so I still doubted myself. I ended up calling my dad on speaker and went to the door, pepper spray in hand, and my own, scarier dog, at my side. Luckily, the pup came right out and I didn't have to go into the house. I also left my car and dash cam running, just in case. As I was getting back into the car, both dogs in tow, I noticed that in the garage, there was a huge metal grate on the floor with stairs underneath. There also had been a rug on top of this, but it had been moved off to the side. I got the fuck out of there and left a message for the client. When she responded, she was alarmingly chill about the whole situation. She laughed it off, picked up her dog from my house, and just went home to her house by herself. She later told me the garage was jammed open, so someone had opened it with some serious force. 
There has still been no explanation, and I've since stopped walking that dog due to my schedule, not the experience. But I do always wonder what happened and if my dog saw it and what I would have seen if only my car and dash cam had still been running when the garage door was opened. I included photos from my dash cam, timestamped, and a picture of the grate after I worked up the nerve to take a photo several weeks later when the garage was still jammed open. If you read this on the pod, please don't post the pictures, as it's obviously not my house. I also included a picture of my own dog, because why not? Thanks for reading this, keep it creepy, and always lock your damn doors. And may I also add, always check the weird grate with stairs if you get home in your garage door. Don't laugh it off to the nice dog walker who tried to warn you. What the fuck is going on? I have to imagine the woman knows that someone lives down there because (laughs) that's the only logical explanation for not flipping out and having everything investigated immediately. Yeah, and being like, you should call the police. She's like, it's my cousin Arthur. He needs a place to stay. He's fine. He has. He prefers to use a weird entrance through the floor (laughs) of the garage. Maybe that's why she always leaves her house unlocked. Oh, somebody's coming and going. Dang, the mystery. That's the only. And these pictures are jarring. I mean, it really is. There's a a grate on your garage floor, and then stairs down. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. what? What was that? terrifying airbnb movie oh the one that oh god with justin long oh man barbarian what is it barbarian barbarian yes kind of like that except i mean that i guess was a door and stairs but like there's just a whole thing going on under your house yeah and exactly yeah it it does give the barbarian vibes where you go oh it's just like a basement and then if there's a door and it goes further down, and you're like, oh, there's more stairs. Oh, I wonder what's down there. Oh, cool. Fucking room with a TV playing. Like, goddamn. And who yeah. keeps a rug in their garage? Except for to cover up the fucking grate that's that hides my, the stairs. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like she has to have known it was there, because otherwise, wouldn't you be like, why is there a rug in my garage? And move it, and then discover everything. It would be a good cover for her to keep Elena out of the ha- uh, the garage by going, oh, it's so hard to open the garage door. You really shouldn't go in the garage. It's really hard. It's a manual door. You got to jam it open. It's a whole thing because really she didn't want her to find the rug and it act. The dog knocks the rug askew and suddenly, blammo, barbarian hole has been unearthed. What is down there? What a is person? in that barbarian hole? Clearly. A person, but why? <sighs> this one, of all the... Freaky Fridays we've covered. This one has really got it's tickling my brain because I feel like I feel like the woman, the homeowner has to know it's there and knows that someone is living down there and they must have an agreement. But like, why wouldn't you disclose that? Why is it being kept a secret? And to me, if something's a secret, it's because there's some shady shit you don't want people knowing about. Exactly. You don't want anybody to find out about it. That's why you put a rug over it. Yeah. yeah you think you'd say, oh, it's me, my dog, and my roommate, Larry, who lives under the stairs. <laughs> who lives so. in, the fl- in the ground. You got to take a staircase to get down there. Don't worry about it. He'll come up and get food if he needs it. You just walk the dog. That is weird. I'd keep an eye on that house, Elena. Just, you know, just look at who owns it. Maybe check out the Google Maps every once in a while. Just to, just to see. Because that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Kudos to you for not immediately being like, and I no longer walk your dog. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? I don't think I would have gone back. And especially weeks later, the garage is still jammed open. This woman sounds like a Fruit Loop. She's just well, letting anybody <laughs> like come and go in her house. She's like, I'm going on vacation. So I left all the doors and windows open. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, you have a dog. So don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get loose. Don't leave it unlocked. Oh, also, man. What a tale. We live in a world where that's not safe. You know? No, for any purposes. Yeah, you just never know. You never know. Come no, but on, I'm going to be thinking about this. And if anybody's got theories on what they think is going on here, I'd love to hear it. And if you've ever walked a dog and seen a bizarre barbarian hole in someone's garage, absolutely call us and tell us. <laughs> email us. Call, email I always us. say call us. Don't call I always us. say call us. And by call, I mean I would rather throw up than answer the phone. <laughs> Please email us. I would love that very much. One nine hundred sinisterhood. That's right. It's a nine hundred number. (laughs) Hey, it's Heather. What we're gonna do is you're gonna get AI to do a sex line for us. So it's not really us, but it's our voices. And they're like, "Uh, I took my pants off, and then it's my voice going, "Hell yeah." It's going to use clips from the pod to make yeah. this AI Oh, yeah, sex yeah, line. yeah. It's, it yeah. can only pull what we've said. So yeah. it's just going to be like, oh, what are you wearing right now? And I'm like, God damn it. It's just, <laughs> I'm just babe. trying to think of stuff I see. Yeah, it's just, babe. <laughs> Tommy. Where's my chapstick? I <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Elena. And uh, yeah, one nine hundred sinisterhood and we'll make your <laughs> dreams come true. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. Well, this next one is from Hannah, and the subject line is a bread-based meat warlock in Toronto. Hi, ladies. Huge Sinisterhood fan and have been listening since the beginning. It's been incredible to see y'all build this beautiful sisterhood and friendship. I feel like I've been along for the ride. Your live show in Toronto was actually one of my partner and my first dates for my 25th birthday. Anyway, I think I manifested a bread warlock. This goes back almost two years when I first moved to the city. I take my dog to this little park across the street to do her business, and it's a known area for the pups living in the nearby buildings. There is often food everywhere, and it always irks me because it's a known dog area and they could get sick if they eat it. My dog, who looks identical to the goose but with long legs, always eats the chicken bones every time. The weirdest thing, though, was the loaves of bread and or whole pitas that were haphazardly thrown at the entrance of this park. At first, I thought it was for the birds, but that wouldn't make sense because it was whole pieces of bread and whole pitas, not ripped up at all. Then I wondered if it was something more sinister, maybe somebody trying to poison the dogs for some reason. Nothing surprises me anymore after living in the city for a while. It would happen overnight. In the morning, the bread would be there, on no schedule I could figure out, always random, always, everywhere. And I'm left trying to plead with my dog to save herself and leave the mystery bread behind. But today, I saw him. My dog and I were in the park, and as she was doing her thing, I looked over and saw a man near the entrance of the park and saw him quickly emptying his backpack of whole pitas and slices of bread. He looked up and down the street, zipped up his bag, and ran across the road. By the time I had left the park, he was gone. When I got back into my apartment, I looked at myself in the mirror and noticed the shirt I had on. It was your Donna Laser and the Meat Warlock's tea. Had I manifested a bread warlock in my city? It sure was better than the alternative of some asshole trying to poison the neighborhood pups. 
Well, I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for taking the time to read my submission. <clears throat> Cheers, Hannah. This sounds unhinged, but I I assume it's for birds or animals that live there. But it's like you said, it's it's not safe. Like a lot no. of people don't want just their dogs running off and eating shit that's been left on the ground. And you you don't know what's in it, what it is, what it's made out of. It's going to make the dog sick. You know, if it's like this is special honey wheat flax seed and it just so happens dogs aren't supposed to have, you know, some seed that's in there that's okay for humans. My big thing is like. Is it if it, the animals don't eat it, it's just gonna get rotten and gross yeah. and like mold. It's just gonna sit and there. Rats and, and just rats. Ants That's and the big shit. thing. You're you're feeding something with those pitas, and it's probably rats. <laughs> if it's a city park, it's probably rats. It's it's bizarre that he would kind of like secretly try and disperse the bread and just flee. Yeah, because you see people sitting at the park on the park bench, tearing the strips and throwing yeah. it for the pigeons or the ducks or whatever. And actually, City Lake Park, where in Mesquite, where I'm from, they it's, it, people would throw bread and it would get all gummy and crappy in the water. And then at some point, the city installed like little things where you could get like treats, like duck treats, if you yeah. really want to feed the ducks. People still throw bread at them; they just yeah. ignore it. But they at least tear. You got to tear strips if you're just frisbeeing an entire pita all over the place that's like frisbee golf but with pitas and we don't need that that's wasteful yeah it's a uh, it's bizarre just to say the least i also don't know if it's good for all these animals but um at the very least you're littering i mean it's food yeah. yes but no one asked for this <laughs> yeah it's one of those where it's like even if you meant really well Let's redirect. Let's redirect that energy instead of hucking pitas at the park. Maybe you go to a bird rescue and you want to uh, nurse sick birds back to, I don't know, figure out another way. Or you, you sit on birdies. a bench and like feed them. You don't just yeah. throw it and then flee and it's left to everyone else to deal with. <laughs> Good luck, dogs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth it if... Uh, if you want to go to the park again early and you see him, I'm mm -hmm. not saying approach the bread warlock, but observe. Observe and report maybe from a safe take, distance. Maybe you take some video. Ooh, or post on, if you have Nextdoor, Craigslist, Misconnections, Toronto. Are you the bread warlock bread of the warlock. park? Was this you throwing whole pitas out of your backpack and fleeing across the street? If so, call 1-900-SINISTERHOOD. <laughs> Ooh, is your pita pocket hot? <laughs> Now I'm just giving the AI stuff hot that I can pocket, use. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me get in that hot pocket. Man. Uh, well, this took a turn. But yeah, if you want to do a, uh, a misconnection or maybe the next door or Facebook post, that's just an interesting query of like, I'm curious what's going on here. I'm not complaining or saying we need to shut it down. But other people have to know of the yeah. bread because I'm, oh, sure. I'm sure a lot of people visit that park. So even hang out around the park and just be like, hey. You got any theories about what all this bread's about? You know, maybe yeah. you maybe you meet a new friend trying to figure out this mystery. Now we have two mysteries to solve. Uh Crate Gate and <laughs> Bread Warlock. <laughs> Crate Gate. <laughs> also, and this is I did not make this joke, but I am repeating it. Somebody on TikTok was like, the name Ocean Gate, it already has like the the title in it this is gonna be a problem yeah when you hear him talk about ocean gate you're like you don't have to gate everything it was it gated itself it was pre-gated but you're right we need we need to figure out garage gate and now bread warlock gate <laughs> yes, what is happening gate, bread warlock 
The worst part is if you ask a, a fellow dog, dog owner and go like, hey, what's up with the bread guy? And if they like, we love him and we praise Solomon or whatever his name is, you're like, oh, no, I got to go to a different park. Yeah, you find <laughs> a new park, park at that point. Look. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for sending that one in. And this next one is from Dallas. And the subject line is terrifying ghost encounter. First off, I just want to say that I absolutely love you guys and your podcast. I'm a mail carrier, so I'm able to binge Sinisterhood for about eight hours at a time. When you guys are in my ear, the days always fly by. Although it is a little awkward sometimes when I just randomly burst out laughing from something one of you ladies said, and people overhear it and give me weird looks. Anyway, on to my story. I was listening to one of your older episodes, and it reminded me of this story, and I just had to share it with you. So this encounter actually happened to two of my great uncles, my grandmother's brothers, They're still alive today and love sharing this story anytime the subject about ghost encounters come up. I mean, hey, I can't blame them. I would too. This is how they tell the story. Back in the 1960s, when they were both in their early 20s, it was a hot summer evening and they decided to go fishing. There was a river not too far from where my great-grandmother lived that they always enjoyed fishing at. It was really just down the road, so they loaded up all their fishing supplies in their little John boat They each picked up an end of the boat and began walking on down the road towards the river. When they got to the river, they put the boat in the water, hopped in, and pushed off the bank. A few hours went by, and they caught quite a few fish. The sun started to set, and they knew they had to be heading back home soon because my great-grandmother didn't want them out on the water after dark. So they started heading in when they came around the bend and heard something. It sounded like a woman crying. They thought that was weird because there weren't any houses around. They didn't see anyone, so they just chalked it up to being an animal or something. They couldn't see the bank yet, but as they got closer, the sound of the cries got louder. They were unsure what was going on. They came through an opening and could see the bank, but they also saw a woman. She had long black hair and a light-colored dress. She was standing in the river, her back towards them. She was just standing there, crying loudly. They called to her from afar and asked if she was okay. She just cried louder. They got a little closer, and they heard her begin to talk. She was saying, my babies, my babies, I can't find them. She was saying this over and over. They kept trying to ask what was going on and how they could help, but it was like she was ignoring them or couldn't hear them. They started paddling closer to her, but she still didn't turn around. She just kept crying and said she couldn't find her babies. The guys were really worried now. What was wrong with this woman? Then they got right behind her, and one of them extended his hand towards her, trying to get her attention. As soon as his hand touched her shoulder, the woman whipped around quickly, stared at them with solid black eyes, a pale, almost bluish face, opened up her mouth unnaturally wide, unhinging her jaw, and let out a blood-curdling scream. The guys freaked out, jumped out of the boat, waded through the water, got to the bank, and ran home as fast as they could. Once they were almost home, my great-grandmother heard them screaming and came out onto the porch. She saw they were frantic and pale. She asked where their fishing supplies and boat were and what happened. They were out of breath and shaking as they approached the porch. They told her about what happened and how unnatural the whole encounter had been. My great-grandmother went pale. The guys started to look confused and ask her what was wrong. She stood there quietly for a moment, trying to figure out what to say and how to say it. She then 
let out a huge sigh and said, I know exactly who, or I guess what, you boys saw. The guy stood there and stared at her, waiting on her to continue. She then said, There once was a woman. She had a few kids. Her husband left and didn't want anything to do with them anymore. She snapped one day and decided to drown her children. Later on, she couldn't live with herself and what she'd done, so she killed herself as well. As she went to heaven, she was stopped by God. God decided to send her back down to earth to find the bodies of her children. This was her punishment. Legend has it that she still roams the earth to this day, trying to find her babies. She is known as La Llorona. Well, if you want to know more about La Llorona, episode 48, we covered it. And what a tale it is. And if you came upon her, my goodness. Yeah, we reviewed the movie as well. We did. Uh, um, we did. <laughs> that's a fun weekend. The day we went to see La Llorona, a little behind-the-scenes Sinisterhood trivia, was the very first date that I went and met Paris in person. We went and had a beer at the Alamo Draft oh, House. Oh, really? And together. I don't and then I I had, remember that being the same day. I went to my friend's brunch in the morning, and then I met Paris for a beer and was like, oh, I have to go see La Llorona with my friend for my podcast. <laughs> um, and it was all in the same day. But yeah, you can listen to the La Llorona episode. And this sounds like your great uncle's song. La Llorona, that's that's kind of the depiction of a uh, ghastly figure, the long dark hair, crying, inconsolable, and unaware of anything around her. And if you do disturb her, then it is this like, like turns into yeah. more of a monster situation. Yeah. It's like Simon when you ask him anything these days. <laughs> There's <laughs> gold in the hills. Screaming. <laughs> it's like, get me oh. my pan. I need to get some more gold nuggets. <laughs> There's gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, though, that to think about you're just chilling with your brother like, ah, this is a good fishing day. We caught some fish. Let's go. Oh, maybe we'll help that lady. Oh, my God. Her <laughs> eyes are black. And she screamed with an unhinged jaw like a fucking snake. Yeah. Then you get home and Granny's like, sit down, boys. I got a story for you. Yeah. Being like, oh, I've seen that. That's mm-hmm. even if it's just a legend. It's still so eerie to to come upon that in the forest. Well, gosh, thanks for sending that in. And our best to your great uncles. Yes. Yeah. Sinisterhood will be right back. Thank you so much to everyone else also for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at Sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content, like our recent mini-sode on the murder of Eric Richens, who was allegedly poisoned by his wife, who later went on to write a book on how to help your kids cope with grief. Yikes. Yeah, it's a frustrating case, and uh, we cover her arrest, indictment, and the search warrant, every every possible document we tried to paint, and it paints a devastating picture of this man who was ultimately a victim of domestic violence, it oh, looks like. Oh, 100%, possibly. for yeah. years and years. And we called them minisodes, um, as you it's saw from the one that was released this week, that's an hour long. This one is also an hour long. So minisodes, whatever, that's just a it's word. A, it's <laughs> essentially an extra a, a bonus. Yeah, you get a bonus episode. Well, if you want some merch, you can head to Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. You can check out stuff like T-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. Just click shop and it's all right there. 
You can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun, like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We are on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Please go to our YouTube and check out the video version of this. Like we said, Paris is now editing all our videos for us. And uh, he, I'm They're very fantastic. Excited. I'm excited for you to see this one. And I'm excited <laughs> for, you can also book us on Cameo for your custom personalized video shout outs. Uh, we just got a notification that we are on a 67 Cameo streak. So oh, by the time... Oh. If you book this, if you're cameo number 69, we're going to wear sunglasses. We're going to make like, <laughs> yeah, a, it's going to be, we're going to, if, unless it's like, could you please give me a condolences message? In which case we will follow the instructions. Even better. No, we're doing it no matter what, the, <laughs> like, what the reason is we're doing cameo it. 69. <laughs> Sorry to hear about your basement flooding. I hope that it works out. No, but for real, cameo is uh, available for you to book us to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, any message you want to send, uh, go to cameo.com slash sinisterhood and if you're number 69 we'll let you know oh where you at? yes oh yeah will. where are you at on the internet's christy i'm on instagram at christy and wallace and twitter and tiktok at christy or gtfo heather i'm on twitter at mck versus the world i tweeted out a hot playlist go check it out oh <laughs> nice the, the phil collins take a look at me now radio it's really tight okay uh, so now you're a phil collins fan i'm okay. on oh there's a okay. pizza terrace song on there and i thought of you i didn't want to disturb you because i know you're sick but i was just sitting on the couch with my headphones on just literally swaying and paris goes you vibing over there and i was like it's pizza terra <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's great he's got pizza a voice who? Like an and i was like not pizza terry it's pizza terry <laughs> he's like whatever uh but yeah go to uh instagram or uh, or tiktok heather versus the world as always the devil rules the airwaves keep it creepy sinister hood.